Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? My company, getfeatured.com, will get you featured on targeted shows, will design you a custom bio page, pitch you to the host, prepare you for the shows, and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.com to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 97 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Can one great presentation change your life? Can it open the doors to wealth, influence, and power? Well, my guest today doesn't just believe it can, he knows it can. Dustin Matthews has generated tens of millions of dollars through the power of presenting to the masses. Right out of school, he helped take a company from a million dollars to $14 million and ranked number 35 on Inc. Magazine's fastest growing private companies. He currently runs Speaking Empire, a disruptive company that helps you speak powerfully, close authentically, and profit royally. Dustin is also the author of a half dozen books and has recently co-authored his latest book with the legendary Dan Kennedy. Now, to help introduce him, I've put together a short rap. Here goes. Selling through the power of speech is what he loves to teach Your financial goals they'll help you reach He wrote the new rules of the game, it's kinda insane Stop being lame and trying to blame, take your first steps to fame Climbing higher and higher through a speaking empire He'll set you on fire and ignite your desire Co-author with Dan Kennedy, they got the remedy Teaching you the money-making melody Where there's no BS guide, you got nowhere to hide Oh whoops, your excuses just died So join him on the ride, don't be left on the side The people that said you can't, they all lied Now it's time to choose if you wanna win or lose He's been in your shoes and his name is is Dustin Matthews. Dustin, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Daniel, I'm fired up. I almost yeah. feel like I should drop the mic and we should end right there because I don't know that it's going to get any better than what you just did. That <laughs> was awesome. It. And that is coming from the speaking empire guru. So yeah, baby. Yeah. Woo. Uh, I love it. Well, I want to I want to claim this now. I'm in the top 100 of your podcasts because I'm number 97. So I'm going to let that ride. I'm going to savor it because I'm in the top 100. Thank you, you sir, for having you me on today. <laughs> well, it's absolutely a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. And you know what I really want to do for our audience today is I want to understand how to powerfully present and, and influence a massive audience. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit better. So what was it like growing up, Dustin? Oh, what was it like growing up? That's yeah. a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I was a military kid. No and way. And so my ba- I bounced around a lot and an only child, Daniel. Um, and so uh, I got two kids now because mm-hmm. that was always my mission was to uh, was to see what it was like to have a brother or sister. So I got two. But <laughs> uh, growing up, we bounced around a lot. And uh, I had to move uh, growing up and sort of had to make friends everywhere. And obviously, we didn't have Facebook and all the cool tools we, we do now to stay in touch with those past friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember it was kind of tough for me. I was kind of a chubby kid, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. Uh, introverted as heck, which is why it's wow. ironic that I'm even talking today. 
way. Um, but that, you know, that's life. That's the journey. You know, we face things early in life that I think we come back and conquer some of us do. And uh, that makes it fun and exciting. Well, I'm really glad you said that because, you know, a lot of people, they, they kind of hide behind the excuse of, oh, yeah, well, you know, they were they were brought they you know when they were young they were like on stages and you know they were extroversial <laughs> and like and you're coming and saying you were this chubby kid that was very shy and that that's amazing because how many people have you spoken in front of now dustin would you say blah, blah. Blah. <laughs> what's the biggest good. i should know that like that's a cred stat i it's, mean yeah. it's gotta be i mean in the hundreds of thousands wow. i dare i say a million with social media now wow. uh if you want to throw that in the mix but you know I've, I've been doing this work or in this world uh speaking and sharing messages for what year is it 2017 <laughs> um, i just yeah. bought a planner the other day so i should know this yeah. uh, yesterday actually um so yeah i've been doing this for over let's just say over 10 years okay uh, 13 years so um yeah what's the biggest crowd that you've stood in front of live uh, 1200 in Amsterdam. Wow. Would you ever have imagined as that young chubby shy kid that you would be standing on a stage lit up with 1200 people sitting there watching you? No way. No, not, not at all. In fact, like, so after, you know, the young, the young kid goes to college or as I'm in college and it has, as it goes in order to graduate, you have to take public speaking, at least at the school I went to. And so, you know, wanted wanted to make the parents happy, wanted to move on in life. And so it was this one class that I was avoiding, signed up for it, bailed on it, thinking I could find like a smaller session, which is funny because as a speaker, if you're in front of the right audience, you want to like pack as many, you want hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Yeah. But my mindset at the time was like, oh, maybe I can find a smaller class of like 20 people mm -hmm. or 13, or maybe I can take this on online that's right when online classes started <laughs> happening so i'm like i'll find it i never found it and so i uh, remember walking in one day to 300 kids in the class and the professor walks out on stage and he says you're given 10 talks three and three are going to be in front of all 300 people here Whoa. and the other seven you'll, you'll do in breakout groups and I, i'm looking around i'm thinking wow like is anyone else as like scared as i am like afraid of this and mm -hmm. i guess people just knew they had to take it and so i'd like to say i conquered that class and it set me set the world on fire for me but it, it didn't happen that way i actually left daniel and i found a legal loophole what? good old legal loophole yeah i started asking i was so motivated to not take this class i think i did more work than the actually class <laughs> would have made me do and so i talked to student aides i talked to kids that were there students that were there do you really have to take this class is there a way to get out of it and so i read the student hand book and so finally i did find a loophole and here's where the story gets good in high school i was chasing a girl and so i took this extracurricular like i wasn't forced to do this i took this class mm -hmm. called model united nations and i was representing the united kingdom and i remember <laughs> i went over to orlando florida from from tampa clearwaters where i live and i had to represent uk in front of a hundred other countries in front of a hundred other people and i actually was public speaking mm. but i must have been so blinded by the fact that i was chasing this girl that i didn't realize what i was doing and so I'll I'll cut to the chase. It, it didn't work out with the girl, and I'm no. okay with that. Happily married, got kids. Didn't work out with the girl, but it sure enough worked out for me because I got my teacher to write a note. Actually, I wrote the note for my teacher, and he changed a few words to make it his own. And then I turned that into my school, my university, and they're like, oh, okay, well, you don't have to take public speaking. And so here I am today. So let me ask you this. How did you feel when you got on the first stage? Like, what 
What were you feeling? What was the thoughts that were going on in your head? Do you remember that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I it was this. I so I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Have you ever read that book? Yes, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was awesome. Like that yeah. that rocked my world. That changed my world because in school I was I, I was techie nerdy guy and and I, <laughs> I still am a techie nerdy guy. Um, less techie now because it's so hard to keep up. Um, because I got other fun interests, but uh, <laughs> I was uh, afraid to talk to people and so. Um, what happened was I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm like, oh wow, this real estate thing looks really cool. So I went down to a club where they were all meeting about real estate, and I found my current partner now. But he was he ended up being my boss back then. And I said, listen, teach me how to buy a house, and I'll come work for free. I was fresh out of school. I didn't mm-hmm. have a job, and so while I was there um, at this company, it was a startup. I came across marketing, direct response marketing, uh, and actually I came across uh, the fellow co-author with me in, in the book that's coming out soon, uh, Dan Kenny. They came across one of his early books, mm-hmm. and it my world because I I literally followed what he told me to do and people started calling. Now I was too afraid to pick up the phone so I sent it to the salesperson and she became my instant new best friend because (laughs) she didn't have to she didn't have to make cold calls. I was having her phone ring. And so on this journey um, what happened one day was Dave my partner now in this business he's like listen um, you need to speak tonight I'm closing on my condo and I shared that same story I just shared with you, which is like, no, 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 no. I went to school. I clepped out. I'm not the guy. And he's <laughs> like, well, listen, if you want to continue this journey of entrepreneurship and learning about real estate and marketing, you need to do it or, or I, I'm going to fire you essentially. And um, so I'm like, okay, there's no legal loophole. I got to do it. And so I did it. I was scared out of my mind, Daniel. I, I was meditating, but I didn't know it because I mm-hmm. went into the shower when I figured out I had to do this and I started visualizing. Now, I didn't read any self-development and I didn't know about visualization and meditation and all that, but that's that's sort of what I was doing. I was like trying to, what the heck am I going to do tonight? What am I going to do? And I started picturing it. And so I get out of the shower, I remember, and he calls me and he says, uh, you know, I've got bad news. I'm like, oh, what could be worse than me speaking? Like that was the worst news to me at that point in my life, uh, in that moment in life. And uh, he's like, well, I'm not closing on my condo. And I said, well, that's great news because I don't have to speak. You can do it. Right. So uh, we laugh about that. And then um, I get ready and I go back to get ready for work. And um, the phone rings again. and I look at it now. I know you know this, Daniel, Mm -hmm. but there are moments in life where opportunity knocks. Like it's knocked a couple times in this story that I've shared with you. Uh, And so the phone rings and it's of course Dave and you just have this hunch, you know, you have this intuition and I did. And I'm like, man, I don't want to answer this mentally, but Mm -hmm. something made me answer it. Uh, Well, maybe I would get fired if I didn't answer it. So that may have been the more compelling point, but but nonetheless, I'd like to say my journey was, I answered the phone and he said, listen, I'm closing on my condo, you need to go and do it. And so I gave the speech that night and everything that was running through my head was fear. Oh, you know, I've got a baby face. Like, so imagine me 10 years ago with yeah. my, my baby face that I have even worse. I must have looked 12 to the audience, <laughs> maybe 16 on a good day. Yeah. And so I'm like, they're not going to take me seriously. My fly's going to be down. I'm going to trip and fall off. This, all this <laughs> mind shatter. Yeah. And, and so I did the presentation. None of that stuff happened. People were amazed. We made some sales when I, when I wasn't even selling. I was just speaking from passion. And mm-hmm. I realized in that moment, wow, speaking's powerful. Like it doesn't matter what race you are, male or female, how young or how old you are. If you have specialized knowledge and you're in front of the right audience that wants to hear it, like they just – 
they just want to know it. Like, you know, yes, they may be judging you, but like ultimately they just want to know what information you have to share so they can become better in their life in whatever area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a really long answer to your very powerful question. No, I love it. I love it. And I, just just for context here, because people are listening to this, they don't necessarily know you. Um, I want to get to what's the, the largest amount of money you've made in one presentation? Mm, largest amount of money mm-hmm. would be would be a hundred thousand. So you, for me, in so words, I, you made a hundred thousand dollars doing one single presentation. Doing one single presentation. Now, mm-hmm. for for some people that you know follow speakers or have been speaking, you know, this is not such a such a high number. And so uh, the story behind that is my partner Dave. He is traditionally been the face of speaking empire and so he's the guy that goes out and typically speaks and so he has you know the bigger numbers and so to kind of share a little bit about what's possible he was actually selling real estate from the stage real estate info products but then later on he would sell he would go on to sell like pre-construction and houses and so Mm -hmm. he would do you know when he was signing up people for contracts to buy pre-construction homes and things like that he would do close to you know half a million dollars in deposits which led to more money when people actually closed. So he went up to Canada in front of a very large event and, and spoke up there, and he did half a million dollars um, in Canadian dollars, which meant it was a little bit more in U.S. dollars at the time. And so um, it's possible. People can make a million dollars in a weekend. Some of our clients do that. So That's insane. It, but very I mean, possible. You know, like even, even $100,000 in one presentation, we just think about that for a second. Like, most of America doesn't earn a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, some I, there's a lot of people that they got to work nine to five every single day for for two years so, to make a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm just like putting this into context <laughs> here for a second because if you've got that skill, you know, because there are people listening to this that may say, yeah, but. I don't know, public speaking, I don't know if it's for me, I don't know if I want to do it. Well, before you make that decision, like that's powerful, Matt. The, the fact that you can earn that kind of money by speaking is is wild. It's wild. Yeah, it, it, it is wild. If, if you're willing to work more than just one talk and maybe you know teach and share, and I know that's a big ask for someone that's just starting off in speaking or you know where was where I was, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, I, do I really want to do this? Um, and so you know, in a weekend, it's not it's not atypical for us to generate a quarter million dollars. Uh, just recently, we did an event. We generated three hundred and fifty thousand wow. uh, dollars in, in a room, and so. It is what I call the most highly leveraged skill that you can do. Some people call it the highest paid profession in the world. Um, Because if you think about it, it's it's really a question of leverage. And so you Mm -hmm. can go one to one, right, and and sell contracts and and sell people, uh, which is powerful. We still do that. And you can also get all those same people to come to a room or an event or a webinar and make the same presentation and really get maximum leverage out of that. And so... You know, when you think about one to many, this is this essentially is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to get uh, under the idea of, of of your fear, like how you overcame your fear. Like that's the first hurdle I feel like for a lot of people, right? Because a lot of people listening to this, they'll go, "Yeah, this is great, this is amazing," but I'm scared crapless. Like, there's no way I'm going to get on stage. Like, I'll be honest with you, Dustin. Um, I'm about to go and speak in front of the most people that I've ever spoken to, and it's about it's just over a thousand people. 
live mm, awesome. live live on stage in new york in september and uh, it's like it's crazy it's it's terrifying you know but my wife tells me oh but you're speaking in front of thousands of people all the time and i'm like no i'm speaking in front of a mic in a room in my <laughs> yes. in my pajamas <laughs> it's like there's nobody here right so there's a huge difference like you got eyeballs on you right um how do you overcome that fear? What What do you do to overcome well, that fear? Before I get to that, Daniel, I will give you some comfort here. Usually when you're in a room that size, you, you can't actually see them as well because in order to light up a space, that the, the lights are – it's like a rock concert. They're mm-hmm. so bright that you're blinded on stage. So you may not see as many eyeballs as you think um, Okay, that's good. Unless, Thank you. unless you walk <laughs> up the aisle. Uh, but nonetheless, you do have a, a great point. It's like how do you overcome that fear? And, you know – I'm going to give you a couple ideas and strategies, um, but the the real answer is you just have to do it. Mm. You know, you, you just have to do it. And I know that's easy for me to say on the other side of the fence um, for some people looking that way. And so there's a couple things you can do, though. So I believe the biggest fear of folks is they're going to forget what they're going to say. And they're, gonna, they're ultimately they're going to look stupid, which if yeah. you kind of boil it down is, oh, what if I forget? What if I lock up? And so. So practice is number one. So knowing what you're going to say is is critical. And what I often see is people will get these opportunities, just like you described, and they will wait because, you know, you're running your business or maybe you're in corporate and you've got, you know, you're doing your thing and then you get this thing on the weekend. And so people will wait to the very last minute. Most people will. And they'll be up to two or three o'clock at night putting together their slides, putting together final touches. And the challenge with that is you start getting stressed out because you're up against the clock and you start Mm -hmm. thinking about, oh gosh, what if I don't finish this and I'm going to be tired in the morning? All this stress just builds up. And so I see this and so I can describe this and I used to do this. (laughs) And so um, I know this very well. And so the big thing is to write out your presentation, take it a day at a time if you've got a window and then start practicing. And what I mean by practicing, and I know for some people that feels awkward and weird Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I mean by practicing is going through your slides in your room, in your office, and heck, if you can get on a stage, going through the motions of your body movements and your actual slides, if you're going to use slides, and just practice. Because when you've got it in your head, you you have less fear because you can access it easier. And, and I find that helps people big time. So I'm going to push you a little bit on this because yeah, I feel like – with me, I kind of feel like I perform the best when I'm not overprepared. Because I feel like if I'm too scripted, then I sound scripted and I sound robotic mm. and it doesn't come across as genuine. So I don't know, like, I'll be honest with you, I've read a lot of um, public speaking books. I've read, uh, yep. what's it called, TED Talks and I've read, you know, Michael Port's book and, and, and what's his name, Dale Carnegie, right? I've read all those, all the books, right? And to be honest with you, like I stopped reading those books because I found that I, if I overthink it and if I overplan the speaking, I end up just, it's not me, right? Yeah, yep. Whereas if I just come, and I've been on like a bunch of podcasts, I've probably been on like 40 podcast shows and I never prepare for them. And I never, like I even, I'm speaking today, right? And they sent me uh, a couple of days ago, they sent me a list of the questions they're going to ask me. Right, mm-hmm. which you know, I don't do that on my show. I don't have any questions. I just kind of have a conversation. But when I go on somebody's show and they ask me, "Did you read the questions?" I say, "No, I didn't. I didn't even open the email." And they say, "Why not?" And I said, "Because if I read the questions you're going to ask me, I'm going to try and remember the answers, 
it's and I'm just gonna it's just not gonna be genuine like I want to be able to answer you like right here right now whatever comes to my mind um but then again going on stage in front of a thousand people <laughs> it's like right whatever comes out my mind you know my, my what if whatever comes out doesn't come out right you know so <laughs> I, I, how do you I don't know how do you um well, this Sound is going to be fun. We can yeah. we can debate a little, you know, and, and obviously if, if everyone believed like the same methodology, life would be boring and dull. Yes. And so I'm going to I'm going to challenge you with a couple ideas and notions. But I but I also want to I want people to understand anytime you emulate or you try to be something you're not or something that doesn't resonate with you, it, it's like your, your skin itches, it crawls. And so at the end of the day, you have to be authentic. You should never emulate or, or like try to like picture that person and be them because you become robotic. So I first off want to say that. So I often tell people to take what they like and just disregard what they don't like. So right. find what's useful and, and use it. However, I came from the world, Daniel, to give you a little background where we did these things called preview seminars. And a preview seminar is like a lunch and learn, if you think about it. it it's an hour introductory seminar. Maybe some of you have been invited to a steakhouse <laughs> or you may have seen, you know, hey, my, you know, my name is Dan Merrill. And I'm coming to your area to do, you know, a get rich in real estate seminar. <laughs> and so that's the world I came from. And so hate, to us, it was all about math and uh, math. It was all about math, not, not science, but math. And so the math was we would spend X amount of dollars in direct mail at the time now we use Facebook and we would fill a room and so every person that was in that room costed us anywhere from $50 up to $300 to be in that room right and so the thing was at the end of it how do we know if we're winning or not was we would give a talk and at the end it would be how many signups we got actually it would be count up all the money that was made and divide by the amount of people that were there. And so we would start to see, oh, it cost us $300 to get somebody there and we would make $500 per someone sitting there. And so we knew we had like a $200 margin. And so the real thing that I want to communicate is if you want consistency, like if you were going to go and give this talk, Daniel, you know, and this was going to be your flagship talk and it depended on an outcome, meaning you had to get opt-ins or you had to get clients from it, you may treat it differently. Um, if it's a one-off, I get I get what you're doing, and there's a place for it, and there's value. But if you have to be consistent and want to get consistent results, mm -hmm. like if you sell from the stage, or you know you're asking for uh, donations if you're in the charity nonprofit world, then consistency is the only way to figure out and test and figure out like a marketer does. So you change the headline, you change the story, and you start figuring out, well, what speak, what talk is going to make and yield the most results? And, and the measurement can be money, it can be opt-ins, it can be, you know, getting other speaking engagements. But I just want to challenge everyone listening out there that if you have some level of consistency that you desire, you want to script it out. And, and the real classic example of this is when you go to like an amazing ballet, right? A New York ballet, or you go to the opera, these performers practice, you know, they're, it's not free will for them. Yes, they get to be artistic and creative, hmm. but there is a choreography to it. And so it's, and the reason why they do that is they want to create an amazing experience for us. And so if you think about it from that lens, then you say, well, maybe I do want to be consistent but to kind of let you off the hook, Daniel, just like you said, I'm going to grill you. I'm, I'm going to let you off the hook here. And I will yeah. say this. You've, you, you likely, because you do so many podcasts, you've tested your material like a comedian. You know, mm. before Chris Rock goes on his world tour and gives it, he's in the dive clubs. He's in small clubs that you've never, you yeah. know, that we wouldn't know in, in different parts of the country testing out material. And so I suspect you're testing out some of the material that you're going to use on stage at right. that live event um, via podcasting and via your platform. Mm. And so 
I would say to you, be who you are, but at least put bullet points or know the stories that you're going to tell or work in or at least shoot for telling um, so that you can really create the best impact to that audience. Yep. What's your thought about what I just shared with you? No, I love <laughs> it. No, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. Also, I'll, I'll say something else as well is that I think that it could be that when you master the art and mm -hmm. you have it so like down pat that, that, that you pretty much know it back to front, you can, rev you can yep. say it in your sleep, then you can start to create within meaning you can add stories you can change things up because you're so confident and because you know that you can say this in your sleep it gives you that freedom to be able to kind of just move around and change things up i feel like like if you if you hear like the greatest hits like some people are they played the amazing song but then after a while they start to like play around in the middle but they can because they 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 know the piece so well do you know what i mean Absolutely. True masters, you know, they don't need templates or they don't need the things that we needed when we first got started. It's just, yeah. it's in your DNA. It's in your blood. You can do it. Like, like for me, I am very similar to you. Obviously I do this day in and day out. And so if I do though, really need to create a result, it's a big, it's a big presentation or I've paid money to be there, kind of the mm -hmm. pay to play model. Um, then I'm going to practice at least once or twice on a stage just to get my rhythm there, yeah. um, especially if it's a newer a newer presentation. But you're right, the masters, once you get to a level, you can deviate, you can have some flexibility, uh, just like you know some of the world's best athletes, you know, they don't practice, but there are guys that practice and practice and practice and practice, mm -hmm. and they're good that way. Some people are just born with talent, some people just have it, um, or some people have it by just getting, you know, practicing so much. But also, you know what else I'll say to that, Dustin? Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I feel like when he gets on stage, it, 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 at least it seems, unless he's really good at this, but it seems it's completely freestyle, off the cuff, whatever's coming to his head at that moment. Right? That's, that's my, my guess. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He's, you know, he, he's an anomaly, but he's a master too. Um, but if you look at some of when he does talk, I've watched him speak a little bit mm -hmm. and, and heard some stories that he tells. Oftentimes, you know, he's going to talk about the story. He's going to open. So he's, t he's using a yes. format. Uh, you know, the end is always Q&A. The beginning is let me tell your story. So there is a yeah. structure even though it's loose. And then the only thing I want to say to that. Um, because I, I agree with you. I think he does deviate from this is, you know, Bruce Springsteen or whoever your favorite musician is, you know, the, the real art is playing something or saying something and it coming off to the audience as if it's the first time or if you're having passion um, there. And so that's the work of a true master is making the audience feel like you haven't played the song 40,000 times, right. you know, and, and letting your uh, authenticity come through. Yeah. And I'll say something else as well about Gary is Gary has been producing content um, for the last, I don't know how many years, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, mm -hmm. and he's been in front of a camera like, thousands of times. I mean, literally thousands and thousands of times. Think about, he's got about, I don't know how many YouTube videos now. I think it's close to 2,000, including the Wine Library um, mm. uh, videos. He's, he's gone on Facebook Live, God knows how many times, Instagram. So like he's constantly producing. And so when you've done that so many times, it's like second nature. You can almost just go on stage and just talk. Like you just talk because that's what you've, you've mastered that instrument. And I kind of want to bring this now to the audience because for those of you listening, I want to make this super practical for you guys to take something away from here. 
I think that's what, it, for me, that's what it really comes down to is you've got to start really mastering the art of speaking. Like if you really want to be successful in business, I really believe you've got to, you've got to master that art. I mean, look at the, the, the president of the United States. He has to be a great speaker. You know, anybody, yeah. right? Yeah, Daniel, I just want to jump in. I mean, just to make it real obvious, like, you know, the social media and all the cool stuff you see coming out and, and Facebook giving value, if you don't know this, but they're really giving value to uh, video, you know, yeah. Snapchat video medium, Instagram stories. It's everything. So video virtual or, you know, mm -hmm. VR, you know, is coming out or will be coming out. And so that's highly visual. And so if you think about it, the business owner more than ever has the spotlight on them. And so mm -hmm. if you can't communicate, if you can't get in front of the camera or behind the microphone, it's still the same thing you are speaking. But if you can't do that, you're at a severe disadvantage now because the world desires video. The world is consuming, you know, Gary's, you know, saying that the world is consuming now audio you know at, a, at yeah. a record pace and so if you don't leverage those media and don't know how to communicate you just really you lose the opportunity that's for all. sure right and if you're running a business i mean now people are buying from people that they know and they're not just buying products just at random they're buying products from from you know because of the story because they they see the person behind the brand and and you know, brands can't, you can't hide behind a brand anymore. Like in this day and age, you've got to come forward. You are the brand essentially, like that you become the brand. And, and I would also just say like, again, for those of you listening, you've got a great opportunity because nobody's asking you to go and give a TED talk tomorrow. That you could practice by doing a Facebook Live because do you know what? It's your friends, it's your family. They're, they're forgiving. If you mess up on a Facebook Live, nothing's really going to happen. Right. You might get some idiots that might make some comments, but like, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like it, your life is, is worth way more than that. And, and the opportunity is just too big not to do it. And so I guess just getting on Facebook lives on a daily basis and just getting used to just being in front of a camera, right. Or being in front of a mic. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Dustin? I, like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I, I think people should start with podcasts. Like Facebook Live is the easiest thing to do um, because in podcasts, I guess you need to you need to chase down somebody that has a yeah. podcast and sell them on why, why to be there. So I, I can get why you say that. The only reason why I say it, Daniel, is I, I, I interact with a lot of people, especially when they're first getting started in this. And um, some people just have this like hang up um, with being in front of the camera. Also, too, you know, my ladies, you know, they want to look great. And so mm, sometimes, yeah. you know, they have to, more to think about than us guys. And so yes. we can just turn on the camera and we can go and it's okay if we look, you know, like we yeah. just woke up out of bed. Um, <laughs> but for ladies, you know, they, they can't do that. They have more pressure than us. And so mm. I, I do like sometimes the idea of the podcast first or I, I really like it first. I do know there's a little bit of a more of a hurdle because you got to get somebody unless you start your own podcast and just, you know, interview people, start doing that. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, that's why I like it is I, I, I feel like people can just turn a mic on and they're less intimidated mm -hmm. than a, a camera. No, I hear that for sure. So we've kind of touched upon the, the, the fear aspect. So, you know, for those, those people that are, are scared to get on stage and they're scared to, you know, expose themselves, the answer that essentially you gave Dustin is just go out and do it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. So, okay, so now they're getting on Facebook Lives, they're going on podcast shows, right? And they're getting themselves out there and they're starting to gain more confidence. Now, what about, they, now? let's say now they're at the stage where they want to get on stage and they want to talk in front of big audiences. Let's say they've just written a book 
and they want to get on stages and they want to start selling the book and they want to sell their online course and they want to sell a consultancy packages or whatever it is that they want to sell. How do you go about getting on stages? Well, one of my most favorite, I'll give, I'll give everyone the magic pill answer, uh, because people, I know people love that. And then I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll give the longer, you know, more correct answer to me. Uh, so the magic pill answer is there's a very cool app called Thumbtack. Um, if you want a, mas- a person to come to your home and massage you, if you want a, <laughs> a, a babysitter, you can go to this app. So okay. it is in that realm. And so what's unique about it is they actually have public speakers. So if you would like to get a speaking gig in your own backyard, uh-huh. uh, I think it can go out to about a hundred mile uh, radius from where you are, wherever you say you live. And, um, if you will download the uh, actually the other app, which is as a service provider, it's called Thumbtack Pro. So since you are the speaker, the one providing the service, just like the babysitter would be the, the service mm. provider, you, you would download Thumbtack Pro. And here's what's fun and interesting. When somebody has a gig or when somebody has a group like an event organizer, they will go to Thumbtack Pro and they will post the opportunity for you to bid on it versus other speakers or other people in your area. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is it'll tell you the details. So it'll say, oh, I've got a church group. There's going to be 50 to 100 people there. Yes, you can sell your book. Um, We're looking for someone to talk about leadership. And so I was a little skeptical. So I'm like, well, how many people are going to know about Thumbtack Pro, like in the speaking world? Like I get contractors and, you know, service related stuff. That's that's pretty viral. But Mm -hmm. it's public speaking. And so I did it for Tampa. And I'm amazed. Like I just had to clear out three uh, from my inbox this morning. And so I'm amazed at uh, folks that know about it, these event organizers and promoters. And so. So that is like the fastest way to start getting leads to your inbox of people that are looking for speakers and you can kind of get a little uh, background. And so you can be proactive and bid bid on it, meaning you can show up for free. You can, you know, say, hey, I'll bid, I'll do this for two hundred dollars. And so when you when you know the back end speaking game correctly, uh, you can compete very competitively on, on this app. And so that's my magic pill answer do you, do you want the other answer Daniel? I, I want the other answer but before we do go to the next answer i want to ask your opinion on that because you touched upon you know free versus you know charging a couple of hundred dollars mm-hmm. to yeah i know gary venichuk charges a hundred thousand dollars for a keynote speech which is insane and i'd love to get to that point but you know even to get to you know five thousand ten thousand dollars to do a keynote speech is is, is awesome right so mm-hmm. do you start by you know, offering yourself for free? Because I feel like on the one hand, you know, you can argue, why would you do that? You should value yourself, you know. And on the other hand, you know, people might say, listen, you know, you, you have to prove yourself. You have to, you know, build a, a, a you know, a, a portfolio before you can start charging. What, what's your opinion on that? Daniel, uh, this is a great question and it really cuts to who I am as a, as a speaker. There's multiple worlds. What I say is start for free. And the reason why that's where I got started. Now, I never, Daniel, ever, I had never had in mind that I was going to get paid before I actually got there. I always operated that I would show up for free. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I love getting paid before I show up, but I always came from that mindset. It's called sing for supper, back to <laughs> use an old school term. And so basically, singing would be you'd have to perform, and at the very end, you would do some sort of call to action where you would offer a product or service, or maybe you would try to get appointments, uh, you know, if you're a financial planner, uh, mm-hmm. or if you have a, you know, a corporate sale or a longer sale. And so you would, I would always show up for free, give massive value, and then I would do a call to action. And if I didn't sing well that night, meaning I didn't 
sell well, then I wouldn't I wouldn't eat supper. And so for me, it's easy. I found it's easier to get on stages um, with this free mentality initially when you're first getting started, because then you can go out and practice. You don't have to be great because, you you, you know, there's yeah. no pressure there. There's less pressure, I should say. Yeah. And the real big lesson here is like, how can you even show up for free? I know what some people are thinking, like, how can, how's that even possible? Hmm. And it's possible that if you're out there speaking, that your, your end game is not to sh- get a speaking fee, but your end game is to get clients that will buy not one product or service from you, but that will buy multiple times. And so when you build your empire that way, or when you build your client path that way, then you can show up and be competitive and not have to take a fee. And heck, if they want to give you a fee, that's great. But I just see it as the fastest path to cash and results for most most people. I also want to talk to the audience uh, who may not be in the consulting uh, space. They may not you know, be able to sell from stage necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dustin, maybe you can, you know, correct that. I don't know. I, I, I don't think every business can sell from stage, but maybe you can prove me wrong on that. But uh, I just want to say one thing to that is for those listening who think, well, I, there's no point in me getting on stage. I don't have anything to sell on stage. I would just say this. If you're a speaker and you're getting out there and you're getting press and you're speaking in front of audiences, you are automatically looked at as the leader in your industry in your space and so just just that value alone is is priceless right because people then look at you as the leader in the space because you're speaking about whatever it is that your you know your industry does that that's absolutely right i mean thought leaders the the leaders of their field not only do they speak on stages but they're on podcasts now they do they're starting to do facebook lives they write and so if you look at it if you want to emulate who gets paid the most like if i think of an oprah or a tony yes. robbins you know people that command great fees mm-hmm. uh even richard branson you know these folks do speak they don't you know, some of them aren't like professional speakers, but they get paid great deals, uh, but they put out content, they deliver massive value. You know, Vaynerchuk, you know, yep. he speaks and he runs a business and he's not really selling anything from stage. And so um, he's selling himself and he's hunting for whales. And, and he even said that in something that I came across is like, you know, if one person's in the audience and two years from now, you know, they give him a million dollar deal, mm. then, you know, for him to show up for, you know, he was getting paid 50,000 back then yeah. for him to show up for that. Um, that's huge for him because he's in that long-term game. And so you're right. There are some environments, Daniel, where you can't sell from stage, but it doesn't mean that you can't generate leads. It doesn't mean that you can't set appointments. It doesn't mean that you can't leverage that massively, um, record it to create content, uh, invite um, podcasters there to listen to you so you get interviews invite other promoters that you you know you you uh, you can so I get traditional business world you know if you don't go out there and shake the bush you know like politicians <laughs> if you don't go out there and kiss the babies and shake the hands you're just <laughs> it's gonna be you know at the end of the day people aren't gonna know about you and so I get running a business and I get that speaking um, for some people doesn't make the most sense in their head, but gosh, if you don't get out there and and talk about your business and what you're up to, um, it, it's very unlikely that somebody else will consistently. Mm, love it. And do you think that, because you've written half a dozen books, right? How, do you think that it's uh, a prerequisite that, that you need to write a book before you start getting on stages and start speaking? <laughs> No, not at all. Again, I came from that world of, of sing for supper. So like I didn't have the resources uh, at the time. So I I just would take whatever gig would happen. Here, here's how it actually happened for me. My mm-hmm. first gig when I when I left, 
I put together a newsletter. I called it Dirty Talk. Uh, and I know it's, it's <laughs> instantly some people are like, oh, where's this going? Um, yeah. Here's why. I was in a competitive niche with alpha male personality. So I needed something to cut through the clutter. And so I mailed, physically mailed this newsletter. I printed it on paper. I, I mailed it on the outside of the envelope. I put Dirty Talk newsletter, um, the only speaker for real, uh, the only newsletter for real estate speakers. I was in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. And so um, I knew that I needed to get it to open to get open that's the first battle in direct mail is like you got to get it delivered and then you got to get past the gate gatekeeper get it opened and so i needed something edgy and so what happened was i mailed this thing for three months in a row consistently this newsletter providing value and finally someone called me up in the third month and said hey listen dustin i had a speaker cancel last minute i know you live in florida can you fly here to california and that's how my first speaking gig uh, Mm. was uh, was acquired. And so I didn't have a book. I didn't charge money. It just was, I was marketing myself. I was delivering value. I was out in the marketplace and, you know, life happened and someone canceled and that's how I got my first gig. So it, it's not a requisite. People think it is like, Oh, I'll go write my book first and then I'll go yep. speak. Um, I often say go speak first because you can record it and make your book a whole lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Do you, do you remember, by the way, the best speech you ever gave, the one that you kind of like just completely knocked out of the park and you're just like, <laughs> hell to the yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, I you do. Remember that one? It, it was at the Selmore Summit in California and uh, it was it was one of our own events. And um, I actually I did it old school and old school means like, uh, you know, PowerPoint. Uh, you know, I just didn't want to do PowerPoint. My partner does right. it. I know people see it a lot. Yeah. So I use this thing called an Elmo. And an Elmo <laughs> is like, uh, what is it like? It's like an overhead projector, a but red digital. furry animal. What's that? A red furry animal. No, not the red furry <laughs> animal that becomes hot at Christmas time. Not that one. Uh, but basically, it was an overhead projector, but digital, so I could write on on pieces of paper and it would show on the screen. Right. And so I showed examples of what we were doing for our high end clients. And um, I just remember nailing it. You know, I had a great opener. It was basically how Americans were sold um, how to bathe um, by the soap companies. It wasn't popular to take showers and stuff. And so it was. And and so that was my opener. Like I grabbed grabbed immediate attention. Mm -hmm. And then I just showed what I was doing with clients. And I was telling case studies and stories. And at the end of the day, that's what people want. So case studies and stories, that's pretty much like the the secret source behind a, a great presentation. Yeah, telling your stories like, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, Dustin, what if you only have five or 10 minutes? I say tell powerful stories of success, whether you've done it for yourself or whether uh, better is uh, your clients. So talk about the clients that are out Mm -hmm. there making a difference in the world because of what you showed them, how you, you know, gave them the formula to lose weight. And now they're, you know, down 100 pounds and don't have high, uh, you know, diabetes. And, you know, so tell those stories because then people are like, well, gosh, if he can create transformation with these folks that sound like me, then maybe Mm -hmm. he can help me. Amazing. But you know what I've noticed is, as well is that there are a lot of people who will speak, they'll deliver a, a great speech and they'll have the audience in the palm of their hands literally. And then when it comes time to closing the sale, whether it's buy my book or buy my course or whatever it is, people get very scared to like transition into the close because you almost feel like, you know, I don't want to like, what if nobody runs up to the to the stage and buys my book? Like what if everybody just leaves? I look like an idiot, right? <laughs> So <laughs> how do you get past that? Yeah. How do you transition that, into clothes? Dan, you're, you're spot on. So they say people's uh, greatest fear in life is to publicly speak. So people would rather uh, people would rather die, die. Is, is the famous yeah. line than speak. 
I actually think there's one worse, and it's what you just described. It's asking for money from stage because if you yes. think about this, this is rejection multiplied. So, <laughs> Daniel, if, if you're selling one-to-one and someone tells you no, it's like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. I got punched in the gut. And you go away and you, you recover because you go read something motivational and you just move on. Right. However, <laughs> your wife you're tells you're amazing. Of, what, what's that? You go home to your wife and she tells you you're amazing. <laughs> exactly. Right? And right. then now go take the trash out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Um, so if you're in a room of 100 and you bomb just like that, that's like 100 no's at once. So that's yeah. like Mike Tyson, you know, like yeah. hitting Bang. you 100,000 times, right? Like in one second. Yeah. And so um, I get it. Like that's tough. Uh, and so what I say to people is this is like it's never about – hey, you deliver some cool message and then you ask for the sale at the end, you're always selling throughout. And, and sometimes when I say that, people get turned off by that because they think mm. of a bad selling experience or the used car salesman. And so yeah. uh, what I talk about or what we advocate here is getting sequential agreement. So before you, you know you get married, there's a bunch of yeses that have to occur along the way before you get married. And so I think about that way in sales or when you ask for a sale from stage. So you've got to get people to say yes. You've got to get them to write things down. You've got to get them to raise their some of you know these are some of the strategies that we teach. And so if you don't do this throughout, then you're right. It's very scary because you're basically asking for something at the very end without have asked for smaller things in the very beginning. And so mm-hmm. at the very end, you know, they've said yes 50 times either mentally or by them, you know, doing an activity. And so it becomes a whole lot easier. And so the challenge is most people don't think about this. They, they mm-hmm. see it done up from stage and like, oh, I can do that. But they don't realize what's actually happening. Hmm. I think even just the, the, the thought of asking people to raise their hand and like nobody raises their hands because, you know, people kind of, you know, because it's all fear based, right? Even the people in the audience sure. are like, what if I put my hand up and nobody else does, right? So you're you're combating their fears as well. So you've kind of like got this whole big battle going on. So I don't know, you watch someone like Tony Robbins because he's one of the most, I mean, if uh, I don't know who your favorite, yep. like, you know, person to watch on stage, but one of the best for me is tony he just gets on there and freaking owns the whole place like he's just like yeah if you if you agree with this say yeah or say i you know everyone's like i and i'm just like what if i go on stage like hey i and i <laughs> it's like oh my god no you're dead right <laughs> so Absolutely. like well here's something to look for next time. So for someone that owns the room, sometimes like, you know, you're such the, so this gets into like really my core. I love talking about this, you know, just as much as speaking. So sometimes it's about what they perceive of you before you get there. So I always, I'm like a humble guy. I'm not going to go around and brag and say, well, look at me. I was in this and I got this and this. I will leverage other people or intro video or the power of marketing. So one of the things that we teach is to influence before you get there. So like a guy like Tony Robbins, he's such a big brand. Like people just know they're going to say yes before he shows up. Yeah. So what do you do if you don't have that? Well, you got to manufacture. You got to be running Facebook ads to the hotel. You got to ask the promoter to put your, you know, your face big into the program. You got to, you know, see if you can get some videos ahead of time. Go to the event page where there's a hashtag and start engaging with people. So all that stuff. But the thing that I want you to look for and everyone else is sometimes a, a Tony, uh, probably somebody else besides Tony because he has such a big cred. Uh, yeah. they will do that and they'll have amazing confidence and the room won't respond. But hmm. then they'll come back and they'll say, guys, 
friends, I flew all the way from Jacksonville. <laughs> I flew all the way from Tampa to be here with you. Come on, this is going to be interactive. So sometimes you have to force response. And I know yeah. that's fearful because what if they say no to that? Yeah. Then you got you to gotta tell jokes. But the, the thing is this, Daniel, like if your goal is to sell something at the end, whether it's a product, service, or even an idea, if you can't get them to say yes or, or convince them, you know, earlier in your presentation, it's going to be hard to get to the bigger yes down the road. And so sometimes you have to force response or ask ask for it or joke with the audience to mm. get it love it love it i mean there's so much we could talk about dustin there's like tons and <laughs> what, what i would say to to those listening right now um if you want a ton more of this um you gotta you gotta buy dustin's book simple as that dustin your your new book um you just co-authored it with uh, dan kennedy which is awesome um the no bs guide to selling right and it's uh That's no BS guide to uh, powerful presentations. To powerful presentations through, mm -hmm. what was the rest of it again? Through. Uh, this is funny. Uh, so I'll, I'll say the subtitle and then I got a story. The ultimate yeah. no holds barred plan to selling anything with webinars, online media, speeches, and seminars. And so okay, that's so, a mouth. So, so a now, now do you guys know why I couldn't repeat that? Like, I'm so thankful <laughs> that you just did it because I, I'm just like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to remember the whole freaking book title. Like, what's, what's with the title, man? <laughs> so my partner, my my partner in this book, Dan Kennedy, he's he's the world's one of the world's highest paid copywriters, and so my little joke is like he gets paid by the word, so he wants uh, to put as many <laughs> words in the title or on the cover so that he proves his worth. So uh, I, it is a mouthful. Um, I call brilliant. it the No BS Guide to Powerful Presentations. The No BS Guide to Powerful Presentations, and so where can they get a copy of that book right now? Yeah, absolutely. I made it real easy. It's nobspresentations.com. And so if you like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or 800 CEO Reader, whatever it is, those links are all there. But the mm -hmm. big thing is on that site, more than just a book that will change your communication, there are tools and resources that are going to make life easier. So if you've got a presentation coming up or you want to be more influential, get the book. But also on that website, make sure to get the powerful tools as well. Amazing. And uh, also the link to the book and any other resources as we mentioned uh, in this talk will be on my website. You can go there. It's danielgeffen.com forward slash 97. Wow, I can't believe 97. We're three away from episode 100, which is insane. Um, yeah. And by the way, I just want to say to, to the listeners, you know, I'm almost at 100,000 downloads. I'm literally, I think I'm 3,000 downloads away. So if you guys could just literally just hit subscribe, I mean, you're probably on your iPhone right now listening to this. So if you just hit the subscribe button, that would be super awesome because it will jack up my downloads and uh, and my ratings in, in iTunes. So I would really, really appreciate that. And uh, do yourselves a favor, grab that book. Um, Dustin's book is awesome and uh, it will it will change your life. There's no question about it. Uh, Dustin, what other way can they get in touch with you if they just wanted to you know, ask you questions or follow you? Where can they do that? Yeah, so speakingempire.com is the company where I'm doing this crazy work of communication. You, you can check there. And I'm pretty I'm pretty accessible guy on Facebook. So if you find me at facebook.com slash Dustin Matthews, I'm pretty accessible. Doesn't mean I'm going to get back to you in like two hours, but, you know, <laughs> eventually I, I catch up. And so, um, you know, I love giving, I love sharing the message and empowering people to to go out and share their message. So love find it. me there. Dustin, this has been absolutely awesome, uh, incredible. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, 
head over to danielgeffen.com.